Welcome to Making Bread, Making Money in the Modern Age. Now, here's your host, Matt Barkley. Welcome back to Making Bread, where we talk about all the new ways to make money using the technology of 2022. I'm your host, NFL quarterback, Matt Barkley. My guest today is a college football legend, Hall of Famer, that is now impacting the game in a completely different way. In 2004, though, he won the Heisman Trophy and led the USC Trojans to the national championship. Grew up watching this guy, and now in 2022, he's helping the current USC quarterback navigate the world of NILs and NFTs. So I am pumped to talk about all of that with him and have Matt Leinert on the show. What (laughs) is up, man? How are we doing? What's up, dude? Thanks for having... Look at you, man. Have your podcast and all that, man. That's awesome. This is fantastic. What's new? It's funny you say that, dude, because I remember hearing about a kid named Matt Barkley when he was like in seventh grade. I think I was at USC then, probably. I said, man, you got to see this kid, Matt Barkley. He's the future modern day and and this and that. And then you end up going on and being like, you know, what, what, a four-year starter there? And then you're a four-year starter at USC, still playing in the league. So you're you're crushing it, dude. And now we're doing a podcast together, man. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. What do you know? You you set the mark for the modern day quarterback going to USC. <laughs> <laughs> the trail. Shoot, man. Blazer. I know. We got to get it back. We got to get we got to get back. Any modern day SC war stories before we get into the the grunt of this? No, but um <laughs> actually doing a, a like a like a kind of return of the Heisman thing because of John Hewart. I obviously you know John Hewart, he won the Heisman from Notre Dame, but the yep. first modern day monarch to win the Heisman. Then I was fortunate to win. And then Bryce uh, Young obviously won it. So having three Heisman winners of modern day, uh, obviously uh, tons of great quarterbacks have come through there and, and had tremendous success. So we're doing something back at, at the school coming up here pretty soon to kind of honor Bryce as the next Heisman winner. But no, man, just, you know, you know, Rollo, Rollo's a USC guy. He likes that pipeline from modern day to SC. And uh, we got to continue that rolling, man, with the new regime. Oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we both went to the same high school in Orange County, California, modern day. And there is a street, or I guess a lane on campus called Heisman Lane, which I don't know if any other high school in the country has. Modern day is the only high school with three Heisman Trophy winners. Right. Yeah. Matt being one of them. So... That's incredible. And I'm pumped for Bryce, even though he didn't go to USC. I mean, he's blazing his own trail in the SEC and yeah, no. and crushing it. But I want to hear about what you're doing with, with NFTs and the whole NIL scene. You're kind of leading the charge there too now. But before we get into all of that, we've got some headlines uh, in a little session we call Whale Watching. For all our whales who are leading the charge in the markets... Here's some headlines for you guys, all right? Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced that Instagram would be testing the ability to share NFTs on Instagram. So an official rollout of that so that people could display their digital art collections. So if and probably when this happens, what's the first NFT you'll be putting on your IG page, huh? (laughs) You're asking me? Yeah. So your goat? So it's funny. It's yeah, my goat. My avatar, you know, the avatar with Hall of Goats. It's actually funny. My my first NFT I bought was an MFR. I don't know if you know the MFR community. Mm-hmm. And when I was learning about NFTs, 
with Greg Carlson, who's the CEO, founder of Holland Goats. He's my former, I'm sure you've met Greg over the years, but he was my former teammate and classmate at USC, tech background, built the platform, all those things. So when I was learning, I'm like, okay, dude, let's just, let's go on OpenSea, let's buy an empty, let's just see what the process is like. So I, he's like, well, I heard about this cool community. These MFers are pretty, it's pretty dope art. And I said, all right, let's just buy one. And you know, at the time, I think the floor was, I don't know, it cost me like 300 bucks and we held, held, held. And then the floor rose all the way to like five, which is pretty freaking awesome. So my first NFT. Five Ethereum or five, 500? Yeah. Five Ethereum. So nice, which I don't know what Ethereum's at right now, but yeah, it was, it was up to like, I don't know, 14, 15 grand or something like that. I didn't sell obviously, but, but anyway, my first NFT experience was a success and a lot of it was based on, you know, obviously it's cool, but the community behind it, but I I have other NFTs, you know, that I've kind of dabbled in and uh, pretty fascinating, obviously communities and stuff like that. But Probably my avatar, man. I got to pump Hall of Goats, you know? So there you go. On your IG, Hall of Goats or the MFR, both would work in this case. <laughs> Major League Baseball and its minor league players have reached a settlement in a lawsuit regarding alleged violations of the Fair Labor Standards Act. We're going to talk a lot of college football today, but I know you did play baseball and you were a good baseball player. But for the purpose of, of this headline, just answer this question Would football be better off with a paid minor league system like baseball than they are with the current? college to pros pipeline? Yeah. I mean, look, I think, listen, football's more challenging sport to do that, but you're seeing all these spring leagues pop up the USFL, the XFL, obviously, you know, had its stint and kind of like a minor league system. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, you had NFL Europe, which is no longer, I thought NFL Europe, that, that was a little bit before me, but from everybody, I played with people who played in NFL Europe and they loved it. Obviously that folded, but yeah. So, I mean, I think, we're trying to use these spring leagues as sort of a minor league system, as you call it, to get tape out there to play football, yep. to kind of continue to hone those skills and then maybe get an opportunity to get on a roster or at least a training camp in the fall. And we saw, I, I'm forgetting the name, you probably would know, but the quarterback, the kid that went to Carolina who balled in the XFL, he got on and he was back up. I think he PJ, backed up PJ Walker. Yeah, PJ. I think he backed up Sam last year or the year before. Yep. And that was XFL. I mean, so that was, yeah. So I think he got tape in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've seen success and, and again, yeah, I think it'd be fantastic for sure. Nice. It was announced that once Tom Brady retires again, he will start working at Fox as a football <laughs> analyst with a staggering 10 year, $375 million contract. Uh, we all know you're also a Fox football analyst. So I have two questions. Are you going to demand more money than Tom now that the market is set <laughs> higher? <laughs> or are, are you worried Dude. about Drew Bledsoe coming to Fox, switching, switching lanes? Listen, man, um, <laughs> the money that, I mean, <laughs> the money, are you kidding me? $400 million for, you know, just waiting for him when he wants it. But I'll say, I am not, you know, I'm not a, com- I don't call, I'm not an in-game, you know, commentator, broadcaster like that. Right. But you saw Romo got the massive deal. He kind of set the bar. Yep. And now you're seeing all of these people, you know, obviously not all these people, Tom is Tom, but other people in that, that want to call games kind of demand. And, and that bar was just set so freaking high. But listen, I'll say this. I mean, and, and you probably agree, Tom is the best. He's always someone that I looked up to from a football standpoint, just kind of a work ethic and how he prepares. So to have him at Fox 
which is such a great company. I love uh, working in the college football, our big new kickoff show. And to have him a part of the network is massive. It's massive for Fox Sports as a network. It's massive for even our college football since we have the Big Ten, we have Michigan, we have, you know, we have that game. So I'm sure he'll be around our set, hopefully, which would be huge. But I mean, Tom is Tom, man. He's the GOAT and he's proving to be the GOAT in his post-retirement whenever that is going to be as well. Yeah, with all his investments and everything else he's doing off the field, he uh, seems to be crushing it in everything he does. <laughs> Tennis star Naomi Osaka has announced that she is leaving IMG to launch her own sports agency. I don't know if you saw this, but without disparaging any agents out there who I'm all sure are lovely people, we, we love Dave Dunn and everything else that Athletes First does, but what is one change that you would make to kind of the current structure of agencies if you were launching your own? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I read her article. I read some of the articles about what she's doing. I think it's incredible kind of building her own brand and, and taking control of her own, you know, if we want an example of NIL, taking control of her own branding, her name, all that kind of stuff. The structure of agencies now, I mean, take less money from us. <laughs> take less percent. Less than 3%. Shoot, yeah, I don't know. For real. Yeah, right. Or well, no, some marketing agents take a lot more than that. Marketing's up to 15, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe take less than that, but but again, I, I think she I think I would say this, like because these kids and, you know, athletes are so well versed with social media and digital and building these brands and doing that naturally because this is the world, you know, the world that they live in she's kind of paving the way for maybe the future athletes that want to do that and kind of be in charge of their own business in that regard, which I think is very admirable. And I mean, and she's, she's one of the biggest female stars on the planet. So good for her. I agree. Last but not least of these headlines, EA sports, they're going to be parting ways with FIFA after nearly 30 years, an iconic game. It's sad news for sports gaming fans. So I'll ask a happy question. I don't know how much of a gamer you are, but give me your Mount Rushmore of video games. You can go back all the way as far back as Sega Genesis. I don't know where it started for you. N64, what do you got? You probably weren't even bored when, yeah, well, I had the original Nintendo, dude. You weren't even born yet, probably. Okay, so I can go back to all of these. So original Nintendo, and I think RC Pro-Am was one of my favorites, Zelda was the original OG. Oh, yeah. My brother and I used to play hours playing. I want to say my favorite, but that one was that was big. RBI Baseball, and then you go to Sega Genesis. What was Genesis? Maybe that was Bill Walsh College Football. That was one of my favorite games. I don't know if that was N sixty four Bill or Genesis. And then as as PlayStation Xbox FIFA is actually FIFA was one of my favorites when I was in They're Arizona. Forever. My roommate and I used to play. Dude, we used to play FIFA every day. <laughs> Madden, FIFA, NFL NBA Blitz. Jam was awesome. NFL Blitz was awesome. I don't play as much anymore. Call of Duty I, I, and, and uh, Halo. When Halo, hey, actually, Halo came out when I was at USC. So, oh, all the boys. split screen Halo was a game changer, dude. We <laughs> so when we lived at, um, you're gonna laugh at this. So we lived at, uh, oh God, what was it called? Um, just a just a dump, Ellendale. I lived there for a semester, but. No, man. Gosh, what it was. God, it's like right there. Oh, my God. You're going to like, I can't remember, but it was a dump. It was like 40, 40 little apartments, whatever. 
and a couple of the, the teammates live there. So we would split screen, but we would run cables like from all of the TVs. So like eight bedrooms. So our split screen would be like 16 boxes on like our big screens. <laughs> and we would all play. Oh, dude, it was freaking awesome. Khalil would play a bunch of other guys. Dude, it was so much fun. But yeah, I mean, dude, I, I love video games. Cole, my older son plays, you know, Madden, Fortnite, all those too. So yeah, damn. I, and we got to bring back college football. Halo dude. definitely belongs Halo belongs on that Mount Rushmore, no doubt. Oh, Halo was, yeah. Love it. Yeah, Halo Halo was great. Yes, we need to bring back EA too. I mean, that was, the NC2A football was was legendary as well. All right, speaking of SE football though, let's get into some of the good stuff here. Hard-hitting questions right off the bat, okay? You won a Heisman, national championship at SC, absolute legend. And a few years later, I tried to follow your footsteps, right? From modern day to SC, but I mean, you had a pretty impossible bar that you set to to try to reach. So, my first question is: I mean, basically, what's your problem? Why do you have to be so dominant during those years to <laughs> to just make it impossible to to try to replicate? Well, dude, you you, you know what? You didn't necessarily. What years were you there? You were there in nine oh nine two thousand nine to twelve. So. Pete's last year, and then the Lane Kiffin years. Yeah, so you didn't, I mean, you necessarily didn't walk into a great situation as far as all the stuff that was going around. But yeah, dude, I mean, you were what you, you were the first true freshman to ever start at USC, I think. And you had the epic uh, Ohio State drive that I've seen highlights of a million times, which is freaking awesome. That was at the shoe, right? Yeah, I think that was my first road game, and I think literally watching the games that you would play in at the Coliseum, I was so used to sold out crowds and just games that were (laughs) on another level. That game at the Horseshoe where it was sold out, there was 106,000 people. I was so oblivious to, I think, like the magnitude of it because I grew up watching you, you know, Carson Palmer, Reggie, that whole era when every game was like the Super Bowl. And that's kind of what I expected. So I guess thanks to you, I had no nerves in that game. Well, I'm like, Oh, this is what it is. Yeah. And you also, I mean, dude, you also played at a very high level at modern day, which we know the coaching and just, yes. you know, it's just, it's the, that school gets you more prepared than anybody at the next level. And then, and then, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the Coliseum was rocking, you know, that era was obviously we very successful teams. And, and when you're playing in front of 90,000 every week, going on the road, which the shoe is freaking awesome. Cause we cover a lot of games there, uh, Ohio state. Yeah. And that's just a great, I mean, it's a great place to, to watch a college football game, but yeah, I mean, you're just kind of like, you know, you don't have the big eyes, you know, you, 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 you play in a stadium that seats the same amount of people and obviously road pac 12 stadiums aren't as big as a shoe, but right. you know, there's some decent ones and, but yeah, man, you, uh, you were, you were great, dude. You were great. Those seemed like a long time ago especially in 2004 when you guys won the national championship and, but because of the Reggie Bush scandal, it it gets vacated. And I'm sure you've talked about this thousands of times now, but according to official (laughs) records, right, the win and the championship, it never even happened, which quote unquote never even happened. But I'm curious about this. I mean, how does that affect you? I mean, does that really even matter? It's not like they can take away what you guys did and the memories of winning all that season. Right. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, we won, what happened with Reggie had no effect on what was going on on the field and in, in all of those years. No. Obviously, it, it had, you know, a, a pretty dramatic effect on the program. Uh, you know, guys like yourself and teams that followed those teams. But yeah, I mean, we don't 
we won fair and square. We beat the hell out of everybody fair and square. And, you know, they can take us out of the record book, but people still know that team we all know. was one of the best teams to ever. Yeah, we all know. So, um, <laughs> trust me, I could care less, man. Well, we got an asterisk, or I think actually we're wiped out. I think we actually are completely wiped out, or we have an asterisk, which, by the way, who cares? <laughs> who cares? I mean, we don't care. So We all remember it's it's still official in my book, but... But yeah, but Reggie got caught for, you know, accepting gifts from boosters. But looking back on it now, especially with the scene and the NIL stuff that's going on now, I mean, it's almost as if they could take you out of the, but they need to put him back in and reinstate all those things that happened I know. because of the, of the scene now. I mean, that came 10, 20 years too late, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a kind of a, a shame of, I think, what happened with Reggie at that time. Clearly, there were a lot of people a lot of kids, a lot of rules being broken. And I mean, now it's legal, so it's different. But but in that era, I mean, there was a lot of people doing a lot of things. Oh, and yeah. for whatever reason, USC was, you know, I think maybe because we were on top and, you know, the NCAA just had it out for him, yep. which I've been on record m- multiple times saying, which is BS and completely uncalled for. But it is it happened. And yeah, I mean, I think he's you know, I, I think the next step for Reggie is getting his Heisman back. And I think. Once again, you know, people can say all they want, but Reggie earned the Heisman because of his play, because he yeah. was not only the best player in college football that year, but he's one of the best college football players of all time. And no he earned that because of his play every Saturday. And that I think that's the next goal and the next step is to get him back with the Heisman and all that, which he deserves. And, and I'm sure it'll happen soon. I agree. And I have never held anything against him because – Again, he was one of my favorite players growing up and absolutely deserved, you know, the championship, the Heisman and all the things you guys did was, you know, nothing he did off the field, I think, aided in that. But right. I mean, for years, though, there has been that debate about whether or not to pay college athletes. Right. And these new NIL, you know, the name image likeness rules, they're, pro- they're the most significant step forward that the NC2A has taken in a long time. So do you think this is the first step towards eventually having college athletes getting like paid an actual salary. Do you think that'll ever happen? Um, I don't know. You know, actually I saw an article the other day where it might be only a matter of time where players actually have a part of like the TV contracts, which are astronomical, which I think would be crazy by forming a union. Yeah, I think so. I think we're heading that way Mm. and, and completely breaking off from the NCAA all altogether as far as college football. So you know, this is just the start of NIL, which has been, ext- I'm, I'm sure you've been following it, reading stories. You, you're seeing what these kids are getting paid in high school and, and it's, it's wild. And obviously I'm, a, I'm becoming a part of it with, with Hollow Ghosts or NFT platform. So I, I've had a lot of conversations with people I and mean, it is, it's, it's freaking crazy is what it is, but I think it was long overdue. I, I do think that there needs to be and there will be some regulation over the next couple of years. You know, policies will change because just right now it's yeah, it's the wild west right now. Yeah, right now it's an arms race. It's the wild wild west. It's brand new, so everybody, all the the big hitters are going out there and trying to spend their money to get the players that they want. Period. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. They're doing it in forms of whatever endorsements, whatever it is, sponsorships, and all that. It'll level itself out. I think is the hope over the next couple of years, because if it continues to be that way, you're going to see, well, not the rich just get richer, but then you're going to see leagues get blown up and, and players, you know, and teams, because we've, we've seen conference realignment with OU and Texas going to the SEC. 
because of the revenue that they're making. Now they're going to make double, triple that. Yep. It, it's crazy, man. Like NCAA athletics is changing and has been changing. And now with NIL, it's like a whole different world. Yeah. And so with those new regulations, you kind of saw this opportunity. I mean, you guys stepped up and teamed up with Caleb, right? The USC quarterback now, Caleb yep. Williams, to launch Hall of Goats, which is an NFT platform claiming the most robust athlete NIL platform in the world. So tell everyone a little bit about Hall of Goats and what we can all expect from this project. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's really cool, man. So basically, it's it's an NFT platform, as you said, that services these high school amateur athletes is what we're focused on high school and collegiate athletes, both male and female, every sport, allowing them a platform to make money off their NIL. And how does that happen? How do they make money? Well, we have NFTs, you know, NFT drops. And you probably know this a little bit about the NFTs, but we look at it as an NFT is kind of like a digital membership. So if you own Caleb Williams NFT or you own Matt Barkley's NFT, depending on the tier of NFT that you buy, that allows you certain type of access to that player or the, you know, the utility and the community engagement, the fan engagement, it allows you different perks as opposed to maybe you just buy the standard one, which can, you know, this is still the roadmap that we're all figuring out, but, but that's the kind of uniqueness about what the NFTs are and how we're going to use them. And then we have a merchandise arm where the kids, student athletes can make money off their merch and they have their avatar, which is going to be their NFT whatever, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever it may be, different right. accessories. And then we have a gaming and streaming arm as well, which, you know, we kind of just talked about video games, but as you know, a lot of these gamers, you look at Team Envy, Optic Gaming, you look at FaZe Clan, you know, like these gaming people have millions and millions and millions of followers and a huge audience that follows them on Twitch or other live streaming services. Mm -hmm. And we have connections there to tie you know, our student athletes with the world of gaming and streaming and opening up our student athletes kind of audience and fans to a whole different audience and fans. So there's a lot to unpack. It's actually fairly simple of what we can do, but we really want to be kind of that platform that can help these kids build their digital brand. And those are the ways that they can do that. Because as you know, and, and obviously we both Play, you play quarterback. Quarterbacks have a lot more opportunities nowadays, for sure, in the NIL space. And a big reason why we wanted to team up with Caleb was not only because he's, you know, obviously one of the best players in college football, but he's really taken an approach to this from a perspective of building a brand and building a business and kind of thinking outside of the box. Whereas, you know, a lot of student athletes are going to get offered, you know, the low hanging fruit, so to speak, a couple grand here, do this deal for this, do this post for a hundred. And that's fine. And, and, you know, a lot of student athletes aren't going to have a lot of opportunities. So take that, but we want to create the platform that can give these student athletes just more opportunity to make money and do it the right way. And, uh, we got, you know, we got a great team there. It's fun, man. It's really fun. So, you know, I, I, I'm a part of college football at Fox, but now with this NIL, I just felt like it was a great opportunity for me to get involved learn about the whole NFT, Web3, all of this space, which I think is fascinating and super interesting. I yeah. think it's the future, but also, you know, really kind of help be a, you know, a mentor to these student athletes and help them build a brand and, and help them make money and help them build something that lasts way longer than a playing career. Because, I mean, you, you know, you're fortunate enough to still play, but, you know, I mean, to make it professionally in whatever sport is like a 1% chance. And then, 
you know, to make enough money that you can live like, like we want to help build this brand socially on all these platforms and on hollow goats that they can help monetize that and, and, and have a brand forever. You know, that's, that's what the goal is. Yeah. It's a really cool platform. That's giving student athletes, uh, just more, more opportunities to, yeah, to showcase yep. themselves and to build on their own brand. And, and every time that we talk about NFTs on the show, one word seems to keep popping up and that's utility. And you even mentioned it. Yep. How important is it for Hall of Goats to offer some practical utility and use case as opposed to just being a digital artwork piece or an avatar? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of a lot of the NFTs that I'm seeing, and again, I, I am learning like everybody else, but the utility and the community around that, those are the NFTs that have a lot of success, I think. And I've learned that and just dabbling and following people. And I went to LA NFT a couple months ago and just, you know, just really, you really kind of just dive in, right? So with Paula Goats, I think that's the most important thing because what we really want to do is we want to, we don't want to just like, hey, buy this piece of digital art. Like some people be like, like, why? Like, why would I do that? Like, who cares? When maybe they can collect physical things, they can, they can go buy cards and all of that kind of stuff. And I actually collect cards as well, physical cards, like normal trading cards. But that normal trading card that I own doesn't give me anything but like a PSA grade. And like, maybe I sell it on eBay in like 10 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't give me any access to that player that I own. Whereas with us, the whole part of this, and we actually, I didn't mention this, but we're actually in the works of building a video game around our student athletes. Mm. So you can go in and, and you can have, if you own the NFT of Caleb Williams, you own his character in a video game, you can play arcade games. All of this is above my head. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a video game builder, but Greg Carlson built a lot of video games and apps and all that in mobile apps. So that's a part that we can offer as well. So to answer your question, I think it's the most important thing is the fan interaction, the fan community and the engagement with our student athletes. Yeah, There is a big audience there that I think is untapped and it's getting a lot of the normal kind of old school sport collectors to kind of cross over to this NFT world. And then it's getting all of the younger kids who already really are a part of kind of, you know, all these social platforms and they understand what it all is. So that's kind of where all the work comes in, you know, is is building that community, the utility, the access. And that's part of the roadmap for all our kids. This, (laughs) I'm just thinking about something and it might make you a little mad to even go down this road. But if some of the current NIL rules <laughs> would be would have been around when you were playing and you got a cut of oh, every Matt oh, Liner dude. jersey that was sold, or you were able to tokenize or NFT your brand, I mean, how much how much money do you think you would have made? Dude. It's I mean, it's like, like no joke, probably like millions. And I don't even say that yeah. like jokingly. I mean, I'm like Reggie would have made like millions. But yeah, you think about the jersey sales, the ticket sales, just all of the things like now all of the different ways, like we didn't have social media back then. Like when I was in oh, in 2003, I think when like Facebook launched, I remember being in SAS, you know, like our student counselor, like study hall and like Facebook launched and like we're all down there like, what is this thing? Like, oh, this is like a kind of a social platform to connect with people, whatever. But I was like 19 years old and that's all we had. We didn't have all of these different ways where you can be on social platforms to make money and build a brand. I I just can't imagine, you know, the amount of money that some of the players, a lot of the players on that team would have made. And 
Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. Again, it all it's all full circle, dude. I'm it's all full circle. Now I'm part of something that can help <laughs> these kids make that money and I'm happy to do it. So that's true. That's true. According to covers.com, our betting site, this this year's USC team, they have the sixth best championship odds at plus four thousand. So for our listeners, what would be a better we have the way the sixth best championship odds? Yeah. How about that? Is that like really? Wow. For fans for making bread listeners. What's a better chance to make money? Investing in Hall of Goat NFTs or betting on the yes. Trojans to win a national title? I mean, listen, yeah, plus four thousand. I mean, you throw a hundred bucks in there, you know, whatever, you'd be happy. But yeah, you got a better chance of buying some some of our NFTs, dude. Let's go. Build <laughs> That's the right. platform. And I <laughs> hey, listen, I love USC, but they got a long ways to go and, and they're gonna get there. That's for sure. I love Lincoln, all the staff and and all that, but to win a national championship and you're one, God bless them. I hope they do, but that's a bet that I wouldn't take. All right. Final question. A little trip down memory lane. We've all talked right. about the national championship, but other than that, what was your all time favorite memory at SC? Um, that's a great question. A couple stick out winning the title, obviously Oklahoma, as you said, and just, you know, have the crystal ball and up there like that's like what we all play for in the team and all that. The Bush push game always stands out. Legendary. One, just because it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a legendary, I think, moments in, in USC history, like the fourth and nine and then the Bush push and just, just that game in general in the locker room after. Just I remember all of us being like, because that was our, dude, we had won like 30 something games in a row. So we were like, we were exhausted, you know, like we were like, Dude, it was a grind, man. It was a grind to yeah. win every week, dude. Like, and again, I'm not complaining about it, but it was like every week it was just like, all right, you got to get up, you got to get up. So that was just overall that game. And then I would say this, and it's gonna sound funny, but like my my senior year at the Coliseum, my last game at the Coliseum, which was the game right before the Rose Bowl, the Texas game, running out the tunnel with the seniors with Frosty and the other guys. Oh yeah, dude, I was like. I don't know if Pete's told you this over the years, but like, dude, I was like a mess, dude. I was crying like, like a little 10 year old boy that just like, like I've heard some stories of that, <laughs> dude. I could not keep it together, man. It's and a special moment. Come on. It, uh, it is. And like, dude, like we like being there five years, starting for three, just the memories, like, and knowing that it's over. That was, a, I mean, a big reason why I came back my senior year, everyone always asked me, like, dude, I just, like, I didn't want to leave, man. Like, I loved USC. Yeah. I loved playing there. And so that game, and, and dude, I, I couldn't, I was horrible in the first quarter, dude. Like, I couldn't, I, I think, like, I was sailing the ball. Like, I just, like, I was so emotional. I remember Pete, like, <laughs> I think I threw a touchdown at the end of the first quarter, like a slant to Dwayne down the goal line. And that kind of got me in my rhythm. But I remember Pete being like, dude, get your act. Like, we ended up blowing him out. But like, he's like, dude get your act together, man. You all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So I settled down and then we're preparing for the title game against Texas. And he's like, just during bowl practice, he's like, dude, are we going to have another like episode for this game? I said, no, man, I got you, buddy. I'm good. I, all the emotions are gone. So, but yeah, man, there are great memories. I mean, you know what it's like to play there. And oh yeah, I was in the corner of the end zone when you caught the reverse touchdown pass against Michigan Oh, really? Two in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was right in that end zone as a kid. I'm like, this is epic. Oh, I dude, remember that's that. awesome. That's a standout memory, too. Dude, we were trying to uh, God, call that play all year long. We called that play again my senior year. Same play. 
That play, dude, it's funny. Like Mike Williams literally caught it and threw it with that, like, and it was perfect. Like it, it couldn't have been executed more perfectly. I think just from ball handling and all of that kind of stuff, it was perfect. And then, like my senior year, Dwayne, we tried to do it against UCLA, and I caught it, but it was a horrible pass, dude. And like I got like six yards on it, and I was just like, bro, that was the worst pass I've ever seen. We were laughing though. Yeah, great memories, dude. Great memories, man. Love it. Well, well, everyone knows that you and I are SC graduates, but believe it or not, we probably aren't the most famous students that the college has ever had. All right. And I've prepared a little game testing your SC alumni knowledge. All right. And since this podcast okay. is about making money, I've, I've gone to eBay for a little twist. All right. I'm going to give you seven <laughs> eBay items featuring former USC students. And you have to tell me if the buy it now price is higher or lower than the number that I tell you. All right, you ready? Okay, okay. So before Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, he walked through the halls of USC. What a legend, Neil Armstrong. If you go on eBay right now, wow. you can buy a Neil Armstrong autographed photo. It's personalized to someone named Tootie. I'm not sure who that is or if that increases or decreases the value. But either way, <laughs> that definitely, de- that definitely photo- decreases the value. <laughs> is this photo higher or lower than $2,500? That's lower. Correct. It's $2,000, yeah. which still seems high, but one for one. Look at you. Yeah. To 2D? Yeah. I mean, who's behind 2D? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one for one, dude. Listen, man, I got a lot of experience on eBay with my card, so I, I think I could knock this out of the park. Here we go. Another household name, legendary Star Wars director George Lucas was an SC alum. If you wanted to buy an authentic Mm -hmm. Stormtrooper helmet signed by Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Mark Hamill, what would the price tag be? Would it be higher or lower than $10,000? I would go higher. Two for two. Correct. It's $1,500. That's an all-star cast on that helmet now. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. Wait, it's what? 15? It's 15. Wait, you 15, said 10 grand? You're right. Oh, 15. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, I mean, that's like... No, it's higher. 15,000. Yeah. People spend a fortune for those things. Especially Star Wars fans. All right, number three. This one's pretty crazy. If you go into the Smithsonian Oval Office at USC, there's a life-size bronze bust of John Wayne, former USC alum, and... Apparently, there were 152 of these made, but and another one is for sale on eBay. All right, so is this Braun bust of John Wayne higher or lower than $25,000? A Braun bust of John Wayne. I would go, I might get this wrong, I would go lower than $25,000. You might get this wrong, you did get this wrong. It's 28 grand. Damn. But $3,000 oh. higher than that line. But you're two for three. We're doing well. We're on a roll. All right. Number four. I'm batting, I'm batting I'm 67%. <laughs> Jane Goodall, the primatologist who did the yeah. world-renowned work with chimpanzees. She's in those famous black and white photos yep. everywhere. But she went to USC and, and is now the subject of a special Lego set. All right. Apparently, you can make Lego Jane Goodall and Lego chimps, and they live in a Lego rainforest or something like that. But is the set, just the Lego <laughs> set itself... Is it higher or lower than 100, 100 bucks? You had to dive deep for this research, dude. It's extensive. Higher or lower than 100 bucks? Yes. By the way, I didn't know she went to USC. So a Lego set? Is that what you're saying? Straight up Lego set. No autographs. No 
live chimps. Just buy it now, a hundred bucks or higher or lower. Um, I mean, I would, gosh, I mean, a hundred bucks is not that much. I would go lower though. Yeah. It is, it's higher at 140 bucks. I knew it was gonna be higher. Dude, Legos are surprisingly. I've, I've bought a ton of them for my kids, and they're they're more expensive than you think. You know, you just they have that are. big box you know, in, your, in your playroom when you're a kid, and you're like, oh, these just come from from nowhere. But yeah, <laughs> I should one forty for that. Damn, dude, now I'm two for four. All right, I gotta. All right, question five. We're getting this one. Ron Howard, the great actor and director, dropped out of USC. But fortunately, he had a pretty solid backup plan at the age of 20 years old, playing Richie Cunningham in the iconic show Happy Days. So, a little older generation. But right now on eBay, you can buy an official set prop from Happy Days, the actual jacket that he wore in the show. Is that price tag higher or lower than $9,000? Or the actual jacket that Ron Howard wore on the show. The actual jacket that Ron Howard wore in Happy Days. <sighs> I want to say, I feel like I should say higher, but I want to say lower. <laughs> I know, right? That, was, that, that made a lot of sense. <laughs> I'll go higher, and I'll just go higher for the, the crazy fans. At one point, it was higher. Original price was nine thousand five hundred, but for right now, buy it now price is seven thousand dollars six hundred. So it was lower uh, for the actual jacket. Must be a nice jacket though. Jeez. Damn, dude. All right, I am number six. Horrible. Getting a little closer to home. Lakers legend Jerry Buss. Doctor Jerry Buss went to USC, a Trojan, and will yeah. forever be immortalized on a set of coasters. Yes, four drink coasters featuring Buss's Hollywood Walk of Fame star. They can be yours, Matt, on eBay. Okay, fair warning. One of the coasters is damaged, a little water damage or drinkage damage, but the other three, they're in pristine, perfect condition. Is the price tag for those coasters higher or lower than $5? Oh, shit. <laughs> lower, dude. I was going to say, you buy that for a dollar, probably. Throwing a wrench in the system. They're actually 10 bucks for a set of... Four dude, where, are you coming, where, are you, where are you coming up with these numbers, dude? They're so... They're, oh, my God. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm just crapping the bed right now. This okay. is like whose line is in any way where the points are made up and nothing matters. Yeah. Okay, right. so I'm two for six. This is the last one, so three for seven. All right. If I'm baseball, I'm doing well. Last one. Okay. Okay, Will Farrell graduate SC, legendary Trojan with a degree in sports information. Not sure he put that to use. Maybe in the movie Semi-Pro. Okay, who knows? But right now, you can go on eBay and get a Flint Tropics fourth place championship ring. Okay, it's on eBay. Is it higher or lower than $3,000? Lower. Correct. We ended on top. Yes! Fantastic. Yes! It's 1000 bucks. If you really wanted a fourth place championship ring, go get it. 1000 bucks on eBay. Courtesy of Will Ferrell. So three for seven, dude. Okay. Not the best, but not terrible. Not terrible. Hey, it's a rough market out there. And all I know is that you can get a haul of goats for for cheaper than most of those items on eBay and probably end up selling them for a lot higher. So there's that, which we have going for us. For sure. But, (laughs) dude, that about wraps it up. 
Matt, thank you, dude, so much. That was awesome talking. Appreciate you, man. Ball, NFTs, Hall of Goats, NCA, everything. You're the man. You are the goat. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, the goat. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Good catching up, buddy. And good luck, dude. Uh, keep keep doing your thing, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much to Matt Leinert for joining me today to talk NFTs, NILs, NC2A, and SE football. That was fantastic. If you guys enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review or subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Matt Barkley, and this has been Making Bread.